Welcome to the Be About Being Better podcast, where we help people make evidence-based, sustainable, small changes for their health that compound into huge shifts towards a better, more vibrant life. I'm your host, Abby Stacier, a health and life coach, future registered dietitian, a master's graduate from Columbia University, and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I believe that we can't make lasting or meaningful change single-handedly, so I'm so happy that you're here so that together you can see that a diet-free, sustainable lifestyle is possible, and you can leverage that to live a better life. And remember my disclaimer, this podcast is meant to give you general information and it's not meant to substitute or replace medical advice, a diagnosis, or service treatment. Hello, hello, y'all. Welcome back to the Be About Being Better podcast. Y'all, I have a surprise for you today. I'm so excited. Today, we are going to have our first official guest, my first official interview on the Be About Being Better podcast. I'm so pumped. And today, you are going to hear from my dear friend, Jordan Gomez, Jago. She's absolutely incredible. She's a body positive health and lifestyle coach. She coaches a lot on confidence and she helps women create healthy habits and helps them feel more comfortable and confident in their own skin. And she got her degree in exercise science from UNC Chapel Hill, Slay. And she believes in self-love, body positivity. She believes if you have those things and you foster those things, that is the ideal way to create long-term lifestyle changes. So she's all about sustainability. That's what we're all about here for being about being better. And I'm just excited for you to hear from her today. We're going to be talking about how to get vulnerable with yourself, how to get out of your head into your body so that you can feel comfortable and confident in your own skin. And maybe just maybe feel confident naked. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's dive in. I'm excited for y'all to hear this episode and check out the show notes for all the info on Jago. And we got some other things that we're promoting in the show notes. So definitely, definitely hit up the show notes and I'll see y'all in the episode. Okay. Amazing. Y'all, I am so excited for today's episode. We have the one, the only Jordan Gomez. I call her Jago. Y'all, I'm so excited to have this wonderful human being with us today. And you just heard in the intro how amazing she is. And I'm so excited to dive into this interview because um, she's a dear friend of mine and we are able to talk about business stuff. We actually met in a mastermind, but we're also able to connect on like real life stuff and body confidence and feeling good naked and body dysmorphia and just not feeling confident and insecurity and comparison and just so many real life things that we're going through. And I wanted to bring her on as our first official guest for Be About Being Better because she just gets it. She just, she just gets it and she's going to tell it to you straight. She's going to tell it to you like your best friend and we need to hear it. We need to hear what she is going to give us today. So Jago, welcome to the Be About Being Better podcast. Oh my gosh, you ray of sunshine. I'm so happy to be here and so honored to be the first guest. Like what? Uh, thank you for having me, Abby. Yes, of course. I'm so, so excited because I know people really need to hear about you, hear what you have to say and get confidently uncomfortable, which is Jacob's <laughs> podcast. We'll be promoting at the end, but definitely go follow her on social media. Go find her podcast because especially if you like everything that you hear today because 
she is she is amazing. So just kick us off, Jago, so that we can get to know you better and just dive right in and get vulnerable right from the get-go. What is one experience that you went through in your life that made you better? Mm. Definitely hard to pick just one. Also, a big fan of jumping right into a deep dive question because I'm not a huge fan of small talk, so let's not talk about the weather. Okay, <laughs> things that have made me better. You would think it would be like some huge accomplishment, but it's actually like some of my lowest lows. So ones that come to mind. So when I made the decision to step away as a personal trainer, basically in order to have some more time freedom as well as freedom within my my schedule and had to quit my job and walk away and not really know what was on the other side of that, um, which ended up leading into the coaching that I do now. And the other thing that I think was a big one would be actually launching my podcast, which I'm so happy you launched your podcast, but launching Confidently Uncomfortable and doing something that maybe other people told me was kind of a waste of time. The idea of like, who's going to listen to you or there's a million podcasts out there or that that market is too saturated. I heard that with every single step along my journey, um, career wise, as well as just personally that like what I was doing was not the best thing. And then I guess the biggest thing to get sappy would be, you know, marrying my husband, uh, that we met in high school and getting married. And that's just like absolutely been the best part of my life for sure. So had to, had to drop a little thing for Tom, Tom there. Oh, we love Tom. We love Tom, the most like supportive partner of all time. And um, I know I asked for one thing. You gave us three. That is just going to be the theme of this episode, that Jago is just going to keep giving us more than what we need. I love it. I'm obsessed. So you talked about being a trainer and you've moved into less personal training, more into helping women specifically find confidence in themselves. I would love for you to speak to like your deep training days. And I assume at that point you were tracking macros, Mm -hmm. maybe counting calories. I don't know if you were helping people with weight loss, but now you're like, I just want people to feel good in their own skin. Could you talk about that shift from focusing on that and the training and the physique to where you are now? Absolutely. So um, I can hit on my personal journey, but just as far as Mm -hmm. what I was doing, I was, you know, helping people in the gym. And so you're in that gym environment. And when everyone else is doing that and they're like, you know, they're going to the gym to lose weight. That's almost why every single, especially women were going to the gym was to lose weight. And you're trying to get smaller and you're doing this by restrictive dieting. And at that point, you would just hear general statements that like trainers would say. Now I did have a degree, but I would hear, you know, other trainers just saying like, you know, don't eat rice or eat brown rice or blah, blah, blah. Just all these like random things that maybe they're heard in the world. And so I started to realize as I was working with people that they didn't need more restriction. They needed more understanding and connection to themselves. And so as I was training, I started to just make people feel better. We focused on instead of getting smaller, was getting stronger, even if they wanted to lose weight. I was like, let's let that be a byproduct if it is. But I, I was really focused on shifting that mindset because when I did that personally and broke up with being stuck in the cardio corner and really starting to focus on getting stronger, it was such a more empowering experience of going into the gym. I was going in to get stronger and feel empowered opposed to going into get smaller, which is what I had done for decades before that point. So just having that experience of supporting 
clients and helping them break away with the idea of they have to lose weight was a huge thing for me. But then I also realized how tied in our mindset is to changing our lives, whether it be from the, I wanted to do it from the inside out. And I realized that seeing them maybe one to two hours a week just wasn't going to cut it. And I wanted to make a deeper impact. So I shifted into doing more of the mindset coaching and helping them feel confident in their skin because I had gotten to a point where I had been smaller, you know, I had done the cardio and I still wasn't confident. And so that's when I realized like, Hey, it's not about necessarily getting smaller in order to feel confident. So I had to realize that. And then I wanted to teach others that too, because it's such an empty feeling to even reach your weight loss goal and then realize, wait, this was not the answer. And so I realized that quickly and I wanted to help other people realize that too, before they got to the point of feeling as low as I did when I was trying to lose weight and going on crazy, crazy dieting. So that's really where I went from there. And it's been my mission ever since. Oh, I love that. So powerful. And we know from personal experience, we also know from coaching so many people over the last several years that when we focus on weight loss, we always think, oh, once I lose the weight, then all of these things will happen in my life. Then I'll be confident. Then I will be successful. Then I'll be able to put myself out there with dating. So many of these things. And we just know that that is an empty promise. So we have to focus on other things other than weight loss. So I'm so happy that you're helping other people do that too and that you have gone through that that journey yourself. Now I'm curious what other, I mean, I listed some things, but I'd be curious to hear in your experience with the market research you've done, the clients that you've worked with, when people say they want to lose weight, what do they really want? What do they really mean? I would say almost like 80% of the people that come in there with that, they don't know why. Like if I were to, if they come in here and they're like, I want to lose weight and I say, why? You know, some people might give me like, you know, family history or their doctors told them to lose weight or whatever. But Mm. even beyond that, even beyond that, asking yourself why, okay, what is the real reason behind this? Because what I realized was most of the time is that people wanted to, wanted to love themselves. They wanted to love their body. And for many of us, we were taught that our self-worth was in our size. And so we thought if we could change that, then we will be accepted. We will be loved. We'll love ourselves. And basically I'm, I'm working on helping people break up with that thought pattern of thinking that your self-worth is tied to your size. And then also the thought pattern of like, you have to wait to start living your life until you reach X goal, whether it's physically, financially, anything. And I had been, you know, I had done that for many years too, where it was like, I was not living the in-between. I was always thinking of the next thing, whether it was like, okay, when are you going to get married? When are you going to get a house? When are you going to reach this weight loss goal? Then you can finally be happy. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you almost weren't, I wasn't giving myself permission to be happy until I reached that goal. And so my mission is to start bringing small pockets of joy into the day to day. And the more I did that, and I tied that into movement, I no longer have this feeling of like, oh, I have to go to the gym. It's like, okay, how am I going to move my body today? And I help my clients do the same because you don't have to punish yourself in the gym. You can find ways that are fun and get creative and unique with it. I mean, I have a trampoline outside of my room because I don't want to run right now and it's great. So doing that is something that I think it's important people to understand for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I love when you said, don't wait to live your life. You can start living that life now. Oh, that's so good. And one thing that you talk a lot on your page, and I know that you've run challenges around this, but the concept of feeling good naked, 
And I think that's really at the heart of it. That's what people, they want to feel confident, like you said, in comfortable and confident in their own skin. And I think that comes out during intimacy or with intimacy. People won't approach that. They won't initiate. They won't do any of those things because they don't feel confident in their own skin. And You know, it doesn't even necessarily have to have to be intimacy with a partner, but just in like the shower with ourselves, we don't feel confident. We avoid the mirror. We don't want to look at, we wear baggy clothes to, to cover up. So what are some suggestions that you have to help us feel good naked and more yeah. confident? I, so I teach on feeling good naked and it goes beyond just our bodies. It's being able to feel good, being your most vulnerable self. Cause when you're naked, you're super vulnerable. Right. And so, um, I don't know about you guys, but for a long time I was hiding who I was because I was afraid if people really saw me, they wouldn't accept me. I would be rejected. I wouldn't be loved. And so I had to start to, um, learn to love myself first. And I do did that through, you know, feeling good naked. And so ways that I was tapping into that, essentially I wanted to reconnect with my body. And that's what I help my clients do is reconnect with themselves because at some point after doing, whether it's like diets or people telling you things about yourselves that weren't true, like you're too ugly, too smart, too, too mean, whatever things that were not helpful for you. Um, you know, you started to believe them at some point and you started to lose trust with yourself and with your body. And so to embrace your body where you're at now and regain that trust and feel good naked is what's really going to help you continue to feel your best and continue to feel most connected to yourself and most connected to others. So ways to feel good naked as far as things that I help my clients do, definitely connect with yourself more. And what do I mean by that is like, Think about what makes you feel the most like yourself and doing more of that. So if you're not sure, like some people are very wrapped up with their identity as their career or as a mom or whatever. Um, Think about when you were a kid, what was the thing that you loved to do and just made you feel so free and so alive and do more of that? You know, what are other things that just make you feel like you and start to tap into more of that in a small way every day? It doesn't have to be a full 180. Um, The second thing would be breaking up with negative thought pattern. Now, this takes years and continued practice, but it works. So I help my clients do this with um, understanding ants, so automatic negative thoughts. So when they come up, or inner mean girl thoughts as I call them, um, when they come up, instead of you know letting it sink in and often spiral into more mean thoughts, calling it out in some way and kind of shaking it up. So the the pattern is normally to cycle into just being really negative towards yourself and feeling bad. Stop yourself in your tracks. So I talk about just saying like skirt, like really loud. I'm trying not to yell in y'all's ear, but yelling (laughs) yelling it really loud and basically stopping it. Like don't even finish the sentence. Don't even put a period on the end of that sentence because most likely it's not true anyways. We're just telling ourselves it is. And so if you can stop the thought from spiraling, that can be really huge too. Um, That's just going to help you break the tie between self worth and physical attributes and start to understand that like you are so much more than your body, but you shouldn't completely negate your body too. Sometimes on people's self-love journey, they choose to just completely ignore their body. They're like, you know, I don't feel connected to my body and I don't want to find self-worth in it. So I'm just going to focus on everything else. And mm-hmm. I've gotten to that point in the healing journey and I realized I was feeling so disconnected from myself because of that. I was only stuck in my head all the time when we need to get back into our bodies and start loving ourselves where we're at. So, um, Focusing on what you love about yourself will be the next, the third thing, because that's helping you tap into that self-love again. So if you can write down, you know, one thing you love about yourselves and then turn it into an affirmation and say, I am 
kind. I'm a good friend. It doesn't have to be a physical attribute, but I would love for one of them to, to be a physical attribute. And if you're struggling to make a list of things you love about yourself, it's okay. Everyone has those days. Um, but you know, take out your phone and text your partner text your best friend and say like, what are three things you love about me? And it might sound weird. Like, I, I don't know about you, Abby, but like I'm words of affirmation all the way. So oh, I, I am constantly, you know, seeking that from others and there's nothing wrong with that, but ultimately you have to get it within yourself. But on the days where you're feeling a little bit lower, it doesn't hurt to reach out and be like, Hey, like I'm really struggling here. Like what are three things you love about me? Like you, you can just ask that and most likely like you're going to want to return the favor and it just feels really good to reciprocate and receive that love. So start from there and then use that in order to connect with yourself and recognize how amazing you are because you are, even if you focus on the negative, I want you to start to shift and focus more on the things that just make you you, which is great. Um, yes. and then <laughs> finally, so oh. the last one, the last one, as far as yep. feeling good naked, obviously we have to go naked. Okay. What does that mean when it comes to going <laughs> naked? We got to <laughs> literally just left church this morning. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like, like we're, gonna leg, we're covering up. I got my cross necklace. Abby, straight up, you covered up as soon as I said go naked. You were like, whoop. Okay, <laughs> Which, clearly I need, I need to work through some of these things. Thank you. We'll talk okay. about that. We'll work on it together. So, I, well, I was I was the one dodging the mirror. Like, I used to do this thing where I would wake up and look at myself in the mirror and pick out flaws. And then when I went on this self-healing journey in the beginning, I would just avoid mirrors altogether. And I've come back to it and started to truly face myself in the mirror. And that has been really, really powerful. So, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to go out like y'all, I'm like not wearing a bra. I'm in a crop top. That's just kind of how I live my life. But that doesn't mean you have to do my confidence the way you do your confidence. It really is about figuring what your go naked version is. So what is vulnerability to you? And ideas could be like, you know, dancing in front of the mirror naked. Does that scare you a little bit? If you have kids, because I've got a lot of clients that are moms, um, lock your bathroom doors just for like a couple minutes and like do it like right after the shower. (laughs) Um, the other thing that really, what are you doing? No, right. Hey, you could be doing worse with a locked bedroom, so it's okay. Um, (laughs) so, um, the other thing I love to do is naked affirmations. Um, so if you have a list of affirmations and start with ones that you feel really connected with, and then, you know, starting to read them, you can do that while you're putting on lotion or something from your normal self-care. I know you talk about self-care and routine a lot, Abby. So adding, tacking that on, or, you know, um, tacking that on to something you're already doing. Another one that I actually just had someone share about doing that I've talked about before in guest coaching is naked yoga. So you don't have to go to yoga and be naked. Please don't get kicked out. But in your own home, you know, just doing roll some- up to core power <laughs> yoga. <laughs> Yeah. If y'all get me in trouble, please do not. But like in your own home, you know, (laughs) setting up something, doing some yoga, doing some stretching, because again, many of us have the thought pattern where as soon as we're moving our body, we're critiquing it and thinking, oh, why does that move? Or why am I not moving the way that I see this person in the video or the person in front of me in class? And so if you can start to reconnect with your body and every single time you see it moving, you thank it. Every single time you see it, oh my gosh, I'm reaching for my toes. I'm so thankful that I'm able to have this flexibility. I'm so Mm -hmm. thankful I have this strength in my core right now. And it's such a weird shift. It's going to feel weird at first, but that's the point. We got to break out of our current thought patterns about ourselves and with our body. And if you can do that, that'd be amazing. If naked yoga is literally freaking you out right now, like (laughs) don't feel like you have to do that. Start with something that feels vulnerable to you. So maybe you've never worked out in a sports bra, put on a sports bra and, and do some yoga or walk around your house. And every single time you see the mirror, like you can even have a sticky note with some affirmations and read those to yourself. We just have to keep reminding ourselves of 
of how amazing we are now and not when you think you fit a specific body type that's acceptable. No, you absolutely can embrace where you're at now. You can feel confident. You can feel confident naked. And that's really what I want people to understand. Oh, this is so good. It's good because it's so tangible. I know y'all are listening to this right now and you're like, yes, I need the mindset shifts, but I also like, what do I do? What actions do I take? Okay, well, we just gave you four different steps, four different actions. Rewind if you need to hear those again. Um, I love what you said too, because I know it's uncomfortable to talk about this with our friends. So I like your suggestion of reaching out to a friend. Hey, what are three things that you like about me that you that you see in me? Because we feel that way about our friends. We see so much good, so much beauty in them, and we get frustrated that they don't see that in ourselves. Well, it's the same with us. So if you could reciprocate, that can really lead to a lot of breakthroughs. And I think it's so easy for us. I think we intuitively know how to love other people, how to be in relationships, how to show love, how to you know, spend quality time and to appreciate them and maybe get them gifts or speak their love languages, all of those things. But whenever we put the word self in front of love, it's like taboo. Like, oh, we don't really know what that means, but it's how we love other people. And we're so good at that. We just need to direct that towards mm-hmm. ourselves. So if you don't know what action steps to take, think about, okay, if I was dating myself, if I was in a relationship with myself, if I was trying to fall in love or with somebody else, what would I do? And then can I do that with myself? Could mm-hmm. I take myself out on a date? Could I take myself to a yoga class? Could I do yoga at home? Could that's I be powerful. naked? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think that's so important whether you're dating or not because I, Abby knows this, y'all might not. I married my high school sweetheart. So literally we were 15 and when we met and, you know, we are now a little more double that age. So we've been together as long as we've been apart, which is crazy. And the thing that I realized was I was struggling so hard in the beginning to receive his love. And it wasn't because he was necessarily doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong things. It was that I had such a wall up around me because I didn't believe the things that he said because I didn't believe them within myself. So I had to find that love within myself first. And so, so many people think, oh, when I have someone, you know, when I'm, when I'm have a partner or when I find someone or with dating, you're like, if I'm dating someone, then I feel really confident. And you really need to find that within yourself or it's not going to last. And that's something I had to learn while in a relationship, which can be a little bit weird, but it's definitely a powerful realization. So you think that it is possible to do, because a lot of people think, oh, I need to break up with this person, do the inner work and then find somebody else that may be better, but you believe that you can do this work. I think one thing I have really learned is that we have the capacity to do both in anything. You have the capacity to hold joy and sadness and you have the capacity to heal while helping others. Like you don't have to completely close yourself off from other people in order to heal yourself. Now, can it be a powerful space to, you know, say no to more things socially, you know, have some more time for yourself? Absolutely. But social self-care is just as much as component of self-care as other things. That doesn't mean you need to stay in a relationship. I think it's really important to check yourself And I have my clients like audit their lives. So if you can audit kind of like this relationship and think, how do I feel when I'm around this person? If this person is legitimately making you feel small and not feel good and not feel lifted up and 
they're also not working on themselves. You know, it's really important for for you to have that independence within yourself, whether you're with someone or not, because codependence can become toxic. Even if it seems like it's a loving relationship from the outside, it can still be toxic if you don't have that connection with yourself. So mm-hmm. do I think it's possible for everyone? Not necessarily. Did it work for us? Yes. However, we were in a long distance relationship for a while, so that did help. So still carve that out the help. space for yeah. yourself and remind yourself like maybe you do need some space and you know, take the first step, take some time away and then come back into relationships. But there's nothing wrong with setting boundaries with, you know, having, you know, maybe taking a break from someone, maybe completely cutting ties with someone. There's nothing wrong with that because ultimately you have to put yourself first. If you've been taught anything, you have to put yourself first because you're not going to be able to pour into other people in the same way. I know we've talked about this before, but it's so important Mm -hmm. to understand that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure since you've been with Tom for so long, as y'all have gotten older, since we don't, I think some people wish, oh, I wish I was in my high school body again. It's like, do we really, do we really? So y'all have changed so much since high school. Has that thought ever come up to you? Like, I don't look like I did in high school. Will he still be attracted to me? Or is he just falling more in love with me with where I am now? He's changed. Am I still attracted to him? Like, as we get older, obviously physicality changes. Mm-hmm. I know y'all don't have kids yet. Hopefully, I'm <laughs> <laughs> we always <laughs> about Jacob about this. I'm so like, <laughs> but so has that thought ever come up, or is that something that you've had to work through? It is absolutely something that comes up with anything. I mean, it is really easy as you get older, as your relationships change for you to start to come back into that. And that's the other thing I think is important. And we can talk on this too with me and you. And when it comes to confidence, like, yes, I'm a confidence coach, but as you continue to grow and level up, you're going to meet new obstacles. You can take the tools that you learned in the previous space. Like when I, you know, I don't have the issues with my body. I had really bad body dysmorphia when I was in the gym, when I was on restrictive dieting, when I was trying to get smaller, when I was in cross country in high school. I mean, I was tiny looking back. I was smaller then, but because I was comparing myself, because I was still feeling less than, you know, I didn't feel enough. So it's really, it's not about the size. It's not about how many wrinkles you have or whatever. It's about still feeling connected to yourself because that confidence shows up in the bedroom. You know, if you're not feeling it, especially us as women, if we're not feeling it, we're not going to be able to connect with other people, especially intimacy wise, because we're questioning, we're in our own head where, you know, maybe your partner touches your stomach and it immediately makes you spiral into like, oh my gosh, they can't love me because my stomach isn't perfectly flat or blah, 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 blah. blah. And so you have to work on that first, or it doesn't matter how old you are, what size you are, any of those things. So it's all trivial. And then once you start to realize and give yourself unconditional love, you recognize that you are worthy of unconditional love from others. Not only are you worthy of it, we deserve it. And so when you realize that within yourself, you believe it from others. And that is what's going to keep that relationship strong, no matter what, no matter like when you're wrinkly and old and and gray. And I can't wait for those days. You know, we're all blessed to get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, such a beautiful answer. I love this. Now, um, I recently got out of a relationship and I am in a new apartment and I haven't quite, I haven't dove into my whole story yet. Cause we're, we're still processing. Uh, but y'all on the podcast know that I am single now and it's okay. We're thriving. We're in our healing era. Um, but I just moved into a new apartment and this past weekend I was going through reorganizing all of my, I have, you know, my closet, all of my clothes. And I was like, wow, 
I have, I really need to go through item by item and see what am I wearing? What am I not wearing? What still fits? What doesn't? And there were so many items that I was like, I love this article of clothing and it fit me once, but it doesn't fit me now. And old me that was still in the thick of diet culture would have said, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to lose weight to fit in this again, or I'll keep it so that if there's ever like I had this one kind of lime green top with big puffy sleeves. It was so cute. So me, but I'm like, I can only wear that if I'm going to like a bougie drink place. And if on that same day that I'm like, maybe going to this obscure place, I don't feel bloated that day. And I feel like I'm having more of a like quote unquote skinny day. And I Mm -hmm. just don't feel inflamed. So like I was saving this article of clothing for this one potential maybe scenario where I did feel good. And I'm like, I need to let this go. And so, but it was really hard to give up those clothes. Cause I was looking at like, wow, how much money have I spent on all of these clothes? It was really hard to give up. And it was very difficult to be trying on clothes that I love that I spent so much of my hard earned money on that just didn't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be thinking to myself, oh, now I need to restrict my dieting. Oh, now I need to work out more mm-hmm. to try and fit into this. So what suggestions do you have for you know that situation, that person, or any words of encouragement? Um, this kind of stuff because it's for me, but also for the listeners. No, this is um, good. Yeah, what do you do when like these clothes just don't fit anymore? Yeah. So I do get this a lot and I'm excited to talk about this. Um, I think it's important. So with clothing, I mean, you've heard this, but it's like, we're not meant to fit clothes. Clothes are meant to fit us. And that's something we need to remind ourselves. If you guys are someone that struggle in a dressing room when you're like looking at a size and it no longer is the right size, sizes are BS anyways, but you know, allow yourself like, okay, this doesn't fit me. I'm just going to go up. Like I literally do not care about the clothing size anymore because I know like what's going to look and feel my best. And so the thing about the clothing that like we're holding on to is, you know, we say it's because we're, it's money, right? But like, we will straight up drop $200 at Target. We will straight up like, so if you, so if you found a dress, yeah, if you found a dress online or something that you loved, you would buy it, you would pay for it. So it's not actually the money. Like it hurts a little bit, but like there's creative ways to deal with that. You can talk to my stylist, Erica Taylor. She's all about like reselling stuff and all that fun stuff. Not me. I'm more of a donate and bless and release. Um, but recognizing that like, what is it really this, this feeling? Like maybe you're holding on to emotion. Like maybe there was just a time in your life where you're like, I did feel really good in that. And that felt awesome. Okay. Well then let's create a new moment, a new experience with maybe a new outfit. And I think that's really important Mm -hmm. too. The other thing is whenever someone's holding on to a a smaller size, we think, oh man, like I wish I looked like I did back then. Think back to like that moment. Like maybe we did feel confident, but maybe we didn't, maybe we were still struggling with our confidence. And so it's not necessarily the case. So the other thing is, even if we were to change sizes, like Abby, you mentioned like with you, like it was a smaller size. So even if we did get get back to the same size, we're not the same Abby we were back then. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that's another reminder is like, even if we do get back to that size, we put on that, that 
green shirt that you love. And it's just like, wait, this no longer feels like me anymore because we're not who we were back then. I recognize that with a lot of my clothes. And I was like, I was holding on to it just for no reason because I'm like, I remember wearing this all the time, but have you worn it in the last three months? And will you wear it in the next three months? And if that's not the case, mm-hmm. then I say, get rid of it and you will find something better. It's something I go with every aspect of my life is like release and create space for, for more goodness to come. I know it's more than just clothes. Mm-hmm. That's probably a weird metaphor to use, but it's true. Like you can allow space for something amazing, some exciting new, you know, piece that makes you feel so confident as you step into this next level. Cause we're all leveling up right now. I know you are even yeah. going through a, a place. that's really hard when you're kind of starting into this apartment, but you're not starting over because you're not, you're not who you were six months ago, two years ago, three years ago, you know? And so it's the same with our clothes. We not, we were not who we were then. And so, um, I know Marie Kondo talks about like the, does it spark joy? I really think that that goes there. And if like in that moment, it's not sparking joy, I would get rid of it unless it's like a wedding dress or something like that. I would definitely get rid of it. The other thing I say, cause I, I know you also have moms sometimes, um, my pregnant mamas sometimes aren't really sure I'm fine with you keeping it, but I really recommend that you put it away in bins and then put it somewhere else. Because the thing about your closet is, and Erica Taylor, my, my friend, client and stylist, she talks about this, but like when you step into your closet, we want you to feel confident, you know, in your clothes and your size. And so if you're constantly having to like sift through your clothes in your closet past the old you, past smaller sizes, saying I have nothing to wear and you're seeing all the things that you can't wear right now, think about how that makes you feel. It doesn't feel good. Right. And so if you can instead get some of those like space saver bags that you vacuum up and like put your old clothes in there and then see how it feels to release them for a little bit. And then if you're ready, get rid of them. I've done that with multiple moves and I'm like, I haven't opened this bag the entire year I was in this apartment and we we would get rid of it regardless of the size. I no longer feel connected to the clothes anymore or you find something and it does feel good, but you're not holding yourself to this crazy standard of, oh, I'll get back to that size. No, if it happens, cool. But by, by not constantly having to go buy it, that helps you release that. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it really, really did. And I had a session with Erica too, because there was also a section of my clothes that was like, I like these clothes and they do fit, but I don't know how to style. Like I'm not wearing them, not because I don't fit or I want to hit a certain size or whatever, or I'm waiting until I feel less bloated. It's like, I just don't know how to style them. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a plug for Erica too. Love Y'all her. hire Erica. <laughs> she love her. so great. She's so great. She's I mean, great. she took my, which I'm actually going to be able to get rid of more things than I thought. Cause I was like, this just doesn't really work. One of my goals for this year is to develop more of a capsule wardrobe, just not fitting mm-hmm. with what I want to work into. And you also mentioned before that you feel really confident, like no bra, crop top, you know, spaghetti straps, literally what you're wearing now. And I'm like, I feel my most confident when I am wearing like a tight yep. turtleneck, like this. yes, mm-hmm. form fitting, but there's just something I've always felt embarrassed about wanting to dress more modestly, but dressing like that and more preppy just makes me feel like me. So yeah, like wearing crop tops. I mean, there was a time where I was like, oh, I feel like I shouldn't be wearing this because my arms are too big, but it became less of the more that work that I've done on myself. It's less about that. And just more that I just feel more myself wearing these other types of clothes. So just super interesting. Like my favorite bathing suit is which they're still skin exposed. It's, it's a bathing suit, but it has these white puffy sleeves. I don't know what it so is cute. about me and puffy sleeves. I love you. I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm like, I just love it. Um, so yeah, so we have to feel comfortable yeah. with stepping into our own style. And that's something that Erica's really done is helped me develop what is my personal style and what, how can I make multiple outfits with yep. the clothes that I have? And I don't need to get more. 
Yes, that's that's huge. So that's something I love that she does. So quick plug with her. Yes, she just created a lookbook for me. So like basically I'm packing. I'm leaving for Austin literally today. Abby, you are we're so different. I'm not planned. I'm not packed and we're doing a podcast right now. But on my couch, <laughs> if you were to look over, you would see all of my outfits are already picked and ready to go. I've never done that in my entire life. I usually stuff a suitcase, but because she created a lookbook for me, I know what feels good for me. And she's set out like what things go together and almost everything was in my closet already. I think that's really cool. It also allowed me to release some stuff because I'm like, yeah, I bought this. I thought it was cool, but I literally haven't worn it or the tags are still on it, blah, blah, blah. Like, why are we holding on to this? And the other thing I wanted to say, I love, love, love that you hit on this because um, we do have very different style. And I love that about us because we're, we're so different yet so connected at the same time. Yeah. And when people think of confidence, you know, sometimes they think that confidence has to look one way. Like you have to be, you know, dressed to the nines in high heels, blah, blah, blah. Y'all, I showed up to this podcast not wearing ma- makeup, like just coming straight out of the shower and love it and you can still be confident you know in your sweats like there's you can be confident without necessarily having to do those things however asking yourself like abby said like what makes you feel your best and it's going to look different for everyone you know and that's okay and so don't feel like you have to like i talked about going naked that's more for yourself don't feel like you have to leave the house in nothing but underwear and in order to feel confident like everyone is different and that's the beautiful thing about confidence so it's about finding your confidence and stepping into it that way and actually my producer alex actually we she was on a podcast episode with me and we talked about like modesty in and in fem- in women it was really cool because she she's more like you as far as like she's like the classy elegance when it comes to those kind of outfits that make her feel her best and then I'm on the other end and we talk about kind of the difference of it and it was just a really interesting take and I think it's something that is important to understand when you're figuring out confidence, it doesn't have to look like anyone else's because you're unique and your confidence should be too. Yes. Such an important reminder. Oh, well, to kind of wrap up here, I want to reiterate what you said. One of your steps was to get out of our head and into our body to connect with ourselves. And one thing that we talk about on the podcast a lot is to get away from calling exercise, exercise and thinking that, oh, this workout only counts if it's formal exercise or if I'm going to a class or if I'm sweating or if I'm at the gym for an hour plus, any movement counts. And so I think if we take that concept and apply it to, I'm going to move my body in a way that feels good for, not for the purpose of making my body smaller or changing my body, but for the purpose of getting out of my head so I can reconnect with my body, reconnect with myself, because my ultimate goal is to feel comfortable and confident in my own skin. That is so powerful. And I think that's a better intention for moving our body, for exercising, than Mm -hmm. changing our body. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, no, I think that's huge. And um, just playing around with it and literally bringing play back into movement instead of Mm. it being a workout. And so having fun with it. I had to take a break from the gym when I left it because I was just so burnt out from that gym mindset, that hustle culture. And, you know, I have like that trampoline I talked about. So I jump on my trampoline. Um, Tom and I, I just got one too. It's I amazing, it. girl. I'll talk to you all about it, but it's literally amazing. And then the other thing is um, <laughs> I'm really into thrift shopping. So my um, my husband and I found rollerblades. So we rollerblade and that's another thing that's really different. So, you know, just doing things that feel good for us. And it doesn't mean that, that going to the gym or working out hard is bad, but it's when we're associating it with, with punishment, with thinking, Oh, I have to do this. Like think about what is actually going to make me feel good, even if it is a little bit challenging, but I still want to do it. And so tapping into that with your movement and reconnecting with your body is what's going to make you feel so much better than if you just are constantly punishing yourself in a gym. 
Yes. And like you said, connect with your inner child. How can you have more fun? How can you play? How can you romanticize your life? Even even our mundane tasks. Like I have romanticized making my morning coffee. I don't even make it. I put a pod in, press play. Like it's so cute. I loved your video on that. It was very cute. Thank you. Like I just, it has totally romanticized my morning and I am obsessed with it. So it's like, how can you have like, they talk about this um, a lot with, I've been reconnecting with my faith a lot in the last year. And they talk about how God wants us to have this childlike wonder. And so it's gotten me thinking, okay, what does a child do? How do they think? And children are very curious. They're always asking why. Well, because I told you so. Well, why? You know, they always ask why. So ask yourself, you know, why? Be inquisitive, be curious. And just have this awe for life. See the beauty around you. Some of us are just jaded and we have the shade over ourselves. We need to lift the veil and recognize how much abundance and beauty is around us and get curious about it. We gave you tangible action steps on this episode, but also some of this is for your self-exploration to figure out what's going to work best for me, what sounds fun for me, and what sounds fun for me today. Meet yourself where you are because what is fun today, what lifts your spirit today might look different tomorrow or in a different season. Mm-hmm. That is so true. I love that, Abby. So good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Jago, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you and all of your golden nuggets of wisdom. And everyone, go follow Jago, uh, Jago Fit Life on Instagram. She's got her podcast, Confidently Uncomfortable. We did an episode together semi-recently too. So definitely go ahead and listen to that. Um, Jago, where else can we find you? Anything else you want to plug? Anything you're promoting right now? Yeah. Hit, us, hit us with it. <laughs> we are doing a full rebrand on Confidently Uncomfortable with podcasts. So definitely go subscribe. We'll have some fun prizes and stuff coming up. So be sure to do that. And I'm also an open book. So if you guys want to um, ever DM me, if you have questions or if you tag me in like something that you try, I would love, love, love that. It just makes me so happy to see y'all tapping into that confidence. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much. And last, last question. What is one thing you are going to do this week to make your days better? We all, we want to be on here. We want to be being about being better. So what's one thing you're going to do this week? So I am taking my morning routine and making it mobile. So I will be traveling basically making a mobile routine. So I'd make a shorter version of what I already do at home. And that is what makes me still feel grounded even when I'm not at home. And so that's something I'll be doing for myself this week in Austin. Oh, 100%. That's what we recommend. Y'all listen to episode seven, all about main character morning routines. <laughs> love it. And you can live like Jago. I love it, Jago. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you for being here. And I'll see y'all in the next episode. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for listening to the Be About Being Better podcast. I so appreciate you. If this episode made you laugh, smile, think about yourself or your life differently, in any way making your life better, I empower you to share this show with three people who, just like you, need to hear this message and have this type of transformation in their lives. I personally read all the reviews of the show and see the Instagram story shares and honestly gives me so much joy to see that our mission is making people's lives better and the reviews really do help in increasing our impact so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you need personalized support with anything discussed in today's episode or need help creating a sustainable diet-free lifestyle take my quiz it's linked below in the show notes and that quiz will help you see which one of our coaching programs is right for you thank you so much again for listening and here's to being about being better